Hello, hello, and welcome back to A Pinch of Honesty, the long-anticipated return. I'm going to start off by saying that (laughs) I'm not in a good spot, and I haven't been in a good spot. And so if you are here for light and levity and happiness... You've come to the wrong podcast today. So maybe skip this one. <laughs> skip it. Um, you might hear my cat on my lap. Um, I'm finding it quite soothing. Um, I'm in a state of heavy grief. Loss, it's hitting me very, very hard. I think harder than I thought it was going to hit me. <laughs> And one of the things I had thought about with the podcast was actually to have um, my dear sweet friend Kate on the podcast. And I wanted to have her on the podcast because she had pancreatic cancer and she was dying from pancreatic cancer. And I waited too long to have her on the podcast and now she's gone. And so... I can't have her on here. Um, However, I wanted to play you a voicemail. Voicemail from my sweet friend, Kate. Um, Because (laughs) maybe this is a little bit of light and levity. I don't know. Because this is a person who is dying of pancreatic cancer. And this is the type of voicemail that she left me. I have loads of these voicemails sitting in my work emails. Um, and this is just the type of person she was. Hey, Christina, this is Kate. Um, I wasn't sure if you were sick or just working from home. Um, if you're sick, I hope you feel better soon, and we'll talk when you get back. Um, if if you are working from home, though, um, give me a call. I'm at five two three eight four. I will also send you an email. Okay, bye. And so, as she died from cancer, um, her spirit never waned. And she repeatedly told me that this was going to be harder on me than her because I'm still here. And her point was that she's dealing with it and she is dying, but there's nothing she can do about it. And meanwhile, I'll be left feeling this void of loss for a great friend. (sighs) You know, a friend who my daughter calls auntie, a friend who I've known for well over 20 years, somebody who I've traveled with and I've camped with, I've shared deep, dark secrets with a true friend. And Wednesday, be her 57th birthday 
and there's going to be a celebration of her life. <laughs> and I don't feel like celebrating because I'm just so fucking mad. And I miss her so much. And it hurts. <laughs> and I can't stop crying. <laughs> I reached out to her brother. And I asked him how it is that he could. They they had like a family service. And I was like, how can you do this without crying? Because I can't stop. <laughs> oh, And he told me, you know, he's just cried for the past four years. So he has no more tears to shed. <laughs> And I don't feel like it will ever end. So one of the last trips I took with her, we were in Tennessee. <laughs> we were at a at a barbecue joint and um, eating deep fried food, and of course enjoying each other's company. And I just kind of burst into tears. And I was like, please don't die, please. You know, and she said, Christina, <laughs> I just rolled the shitty dice. This is my lot in life. So when it happens, it's going to happen. And you're going to be the one who's here then afterwards, right? Who has to feels a loss, right? She had to feel all the pain up until she passed, which I never felt, of course. Um, but I feel the pain now. I feel the pain of acute sadness, right? And of course, one of the last podcasts I had was talking about my um, daughter's piano teacher, Miss Lois, who passed and how that it just hit me hard and it would be one of these things where I would be okay and then not okay and then okay and then not okay. And with Kate, I'm just not okay. And I'm also tired of people asking me, are you okay? Cause I'm not, I'm not fucking okay. <laughs> you know, her and my daughter sat around and shared playlists and her profound impact on my life. I'll miss her forever. <sighs> Part of me doesn't want to go to her birthday celebration on Wednesday because I'm going to be just a blubbering mess. Like there's not enough tissues on earth. Um, and then the other part of me is like, I have to be there, right? So, the night she passed, I got a text from her brother telling me that, you know, she died and, and her and her dad was with her in the hospital. Um And I couldn't stop crying. And I got out of my bed and I went to my daughter's bed and I just cuddled my daughter thinking maybe this will make me feel better. And it didn't make me feel better. <laughs> and I decided that one of the ways I was going to deal with this, 
it struck me, right? Like her ghost, right? Like she's gone and, and where is she now? And I started thinking about ghosts and I started thinking about stories about ghosts. And so I sat down and started penning a new novel. I'm sorry. <laughs> so like, uh, um, where my main character is not based on her, um, but has influences from her. And I feel like that's my way of, of trying to work through part of the pain. Every day I write, every day I think about her and I think about the world without her in it. Um, and I listen to these voicemails and I cry. And I don't, I don't have a better idea of how to get through this than that. I think that how grief impacts us is not a state of how strong you are or mentally adept or whatever it is that people may think. It it truly is person by person dependent. It is situationally dependent. It is um it's everything. It's a culmination. It's a culmination of all these things inside of you and, and how you feel. Right. Um, I remember when my grandmother died and I was sad, but it didn't feel like this. Now, keeping in mind, I was 20 something and my grandmother to me seemed ancient and, I don't think I I felt the impression of loss the same way I do now, right? Um, and so, how how you you grapple with it, I think, also evolves over time, right? Um, I keep wanting to text her funny things. Um, I go to work and I expect to see her and she's not there. Um, every time a meeting that I had with her at work or something uh, that comes in with her name from work, it bounces. She's been removed from our servers, right? So um, it hits me, it hits me in the gut, right? It's like uh, she's just being erased. And I cry a bit harder. And then I have people who say, but aren't you okay? <laughs> and I'm not okay. And I don't know when I will be okay. Um, after her family service, <laughs> we were going to cook dinner. And my husband was like, nope. He was like, in the car, we're just getting Taco Bell. And of course, like, I'm this bawling mess. My eyes are poofy. I feel like shit. Um, but I think he somehow knew that, like, just having shitty tacos might make me feel a little bit better. And it did. It did. So I missed my chance to have somebody who is dying with an insane amount of grace, right? Um, every time uh, 
she brought up with folks that she was dying of pancreatic cancer. She said it nonchalantly, like matter of factly, right? Like this is, this is just what's occurring. And I kept telling her that there had to be something out there that was going to save her. And she kept telling me that I was crazy. And it turns out it was. <laughs> she lived for four years, four years with pancreatic cancer, which it turns out that when she was diagnosed, they gave her um, six months. So I got three and a half extra years which just doesn't seem like long enough. <sighs> so, my amazing punk rock friend You challenged me. <laughs> you were the kindest, sweetest person ever who constantly thought about everybody else before themselves. Before yourself. <laughs> you never, ever brought your shit to my doorstep. in a way that was burdensome, right? You were always this just insanely bright light. I don't even know. I'll miss you. I do miss you. I will continue to miss you. And I will keep all your voicemails and I will listen to them when I'm missing you. I only hope that when you went, you realized how much all of us loved you. So with that, my honesty for today is I'm a blubbery mess. And I'm in the heart. I'm in the midst of grief. So thanks for tuning in. I'll catch you on the flip side.